You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I want to kind of uh, take a kind of a more macro look at this season as we have uh, uh, Ben Rickles here of Knicks Film School breaking down uh, the game last night. We're talking about this Knicks season so far. The job performance of Tom Thibodeau. Uh, he, it's been much talked about. Whenever you have a Knicks head coach, <laughs> the job performance is always going to be up in front and center every single game. They want to fire him after one game. They want to give him coach year at the next game. So this is just kind of <laughs> where the territory comes with Thibodeau. Uh, he took the job over, of course, in the 2020-2021 season. Knicks right now currently 10 games above 500. Again, 39 and 29, which is good for fifth in the East. Overall, how do you feel Tom Thibodeau has done this season? He's had to make some very, you know, difficult decisions. You know, he decided to remove Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose out of the rotation, which – uh, may seem like obvious moves today, but at the time, considering what Rose means to him and what Fournier's contract means to the Knicks, were not easy decisions. Um, overall, just how do you assess kind of what he's done uh, with, with the Knicks so far this season? I think you have to say he's done a great job. I, I think like, like you know, I, I know where I was before the season is like this being around the 500 basketball team. Um, they have exceeded that, I think having the fifth best offense in the NBA, which they still do as of today um, is shocking and incredible and is a credit yeah. to, again, what is not the most beautiful offense in the league, but is one of the most effective and they have utilized and um, focused on their players' strengths in a really smart way. We're like Mitchell Robinson's the best offensive rebounder in basketball or probably second best to Steven Adams. Well, Let's give him the opportunities. Let's make sure we're getting in that floater range. Let's and we have great a great player that gets downhill and in that floater range in Jalen Brunson. So we can do that. And RJ gets in the lane and Randall gets in the lane and we're strong and we're physical. Like it all makes sense. And that's really what a coach's job is ultimately is to make it all make sense and to use the strengths that your players have and maximize them. And I think he has done that in a real way. It's not to say I don't have my issues. The rigidity is still there. The Cam Reddish situation was a disaster. Um, yeah. And whether that speaks to like Tibbs on his own or whether it speaks to the front office and the coach not being on the same page, either way, it's a problem. And it was a waste of an asset and a shame. Now they can move on. It's not going to like kill the franchise or anything, but it needs to be talked about. I agree yeah. with you that the Fournier and Rose thing, again, like it's easy for fans to say, get those guys out of here. But like when the owner's paying the money that he's paying and when especially Tibbs to Rose and like what that relationship means to him and Rose, just what he meant to the team the last couple of years, not as easy a decision for a coach to actually make. And the fact that he made yeah. it and the team has taken off from there, I think is a credit to him. Um, I think that look defensively, they're 16th in the league. I don't think that's uh, where you'd expect, but since they made that rotation change, it's been top 10 in the league where you'd expect it to be. So, um, and they and they picked up. It's like they are very specifically building a team that is a Tibbs team, right? right? So like on one hand, that's smart because that's your coach. On the other hand, it's like, well, should we have to build a team that's based on our coach's team because he's not able to adapt to other types of teams? I think that's a fair question to ask. But for now, he's been given a team that makes a lot of sense to his style and to his preferences. They picked up a free agent that literally embodies everything that he believes in. And uh, sorry, they made a trade for someone that embodies everything yeah. that they believe in and Josh Hart. And it's all gone, I think, according to plan. So I, I think you have to say he's done a very good job with this team. 
if there was one thing you feel like he doesn't get enough credit for, what would you say for this season? Do you think it's the offense and how they, they've – they've because if you think of Tibbs, you don't think of offensive efficiency. We yeah. Think of as a head coach. You think of defense, you think of other things, rebounding. But the Knicks offense you mentioned has been top five for most of the season. Yeah, you know, I would I – would, I think that is correct. I think he should get credit for that because I think it's – surprising and nobody would have taken the Knicks to be a top five offense. I don't care who you were and how high you are on this team. I think yeah. if you were really high on this team to this extent, I think it would have been because you thought their defense would be elite, not their offense. Um, but I, I, you know, the thing about a Tibbs team, and I think this is, this has been true since he's been here is, and he doesn't necessarily get enough credit for it. And I think when team, when people want other coaches, other coaches, other franchises don't necessarily get this. We're like that last night's game is a great example. That's a blowout in a lot of different cases, depending on who the coach is and the way and his style. Like you just, you're still coming off the Boston game. The Charlotte game was a rough loss. You just got to the West coast in Sacramento, which is one of the best atmospheres in basketball. And that team is flying and they're hot and you're down 16. I just think a lot of teams and coaches punt that game. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think what Tibbs doesn't get credit for is that this team is legitimately competitive in every single game that they play. They haven't been blown out since that Dallas game. And that was really a second half. Like they haven't been blown out. It doesn't happen to them. That is like not a thing. Like they just don't, they refuse to get blown out. And like, as much as that stresses us out because we're watching close games every single night. And I think it gets construed sometimes as like, why can't we blow them out? But it's like, no, no, no. Other teams are good. Like the fact of the matter is you're in every single game. And that is absolutely a credit to the coach who refuses to allow it to go any other way. Um, I appreciate that as a fan. Cause like I well, man, you and I have watched plenty of freaking blowouts and letting go of the oh, yeah. games in our, in our Knicks fandom life. Right. Like yeah, so the, the, not, Fisdale, the Fisdale and Derek Fisher era, man. particularly not, not yes, necessarily a exactly one. right. So it's like, man, I'm going to watch close fourth quarters and I'm going to watch my team be competitive with the best teams in the league every single night. Like that's taken for granted. I don't think he gets enough credit for that specific aspect because I think he demands a lot of his players. And if there's buy-in, then this is what you get. It's a really good, tough product. I I think that that's a, that last part I think is exactly the nail on the head there. Like to me, what I, what I think I always appreciate about Tibbs and people know, people listen to this podcast. I am extremely hard on Tibbs often on this show. Yeah. But the one thing I always do say is I do appreciate how he keeps the team prepared. And uh, you mentioned that they have that buy-in. And whether or not I believe in the stuff he's doing, those players believe it. It's very clear. Um, and, and the way that they don't quit, just like they did on Thursday night, where a game where I that easily could have been a 25-point loss, and they make that game a tie game late in the game. I mean, there was they had no business being in that game nope. against a team that good. And the fact that they, they kept the game – that close down the stretch, I think is a testament to that. I agree with that. If there is one adjustment you feel like he needs to make down the stretch of the season, what would it be? Mm. Like that he'll realistically make or not? <laughs> That's a good question. How about no? How about just pie in the sky? Like, like let's like, let's not like limit it. Like, like what? Like what's yeah. an adjustment that because because you know the reason why I say that is because we got to the playoffs in twenty twenty one and. All year we were saying Alfred Payton needs to be taken out of the rotation. Yeah, he definitely yeah. should be starting. And it took him until game three, but he eventually did get to that point. That's why. So that's why I say. I mean, I would never. I wouldn't have thought that that was realistic based on how he had uh, rode Alfred Payton that year. So that's why I say, let's see. Let's get crazy. What 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 could he possibly do? Yeah, I mean, it's not too crazy. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But I I I'm, I really would like them to see 
I would really like to see them initiate more offense through the elbows. Um, Because right now everything is based on, and Stan Van Gundy, I thought was actually very good last night on the broadcast. And I don't often say that about national broadcasts. He talked about how everything is off the dribble and how it's just so much of requiring Brunson, RJ Randall to get from the top of the key to wherever they need to get and draw doubles and then kick out from there. Like that's really the offense boils down to that is like, that's how they create advantages on their offense. And you watch Sacramento last night and Sabonis is ideal for this, but Julius Randall's very capable of playing this way. Is like, can we run some sets where like he catches on the elbow and like just, just pivots into a dribble handoff. And like, we have some action on the weak side. Like, can we even through Hartenstein, man, who, who right. did this with LA, like I, he doesn't need to do that stuff. Like where he's like literally quarterbacking the offense, but like, man, he can catch the Like, and, and it makes them so susceptible to these trapping defenses, which is what you saw in the first half with Sacramento was they were just trapping Brunson and forcing the ball out of his hands and then recovering back. And they won't throw the ball to their center. And so it just gets so stagnant and ends up in a late clock isolation. And it's like, well, you can run some stuff like you're entering the ball early and like let Brunson come off a down screen. Like he doesn't have to do everything from the top of the key all the time. Yeah. Um I think that'll add some variance and like when Brunson's even out like a game like last night, I think that gives you something else to go to um, when you are in the mud a bit. Cause right now it's like either we can find a mismatch if a team is switching, which they did against like Boston, for example, and like exploit that yeah. and get a double, or we just have to isolate on our guys and hope that our guys are good enough. And they've been good enough a lot of the year, like Randall and Brunson have been good enough a lot of the year to make that work. But like, it would be nice to see a little bit more variance. Um, and I would say adding Grimes into some more actions would be also a good idea. He just, there are long swaths of games where he just doesn't touch the ball. And I yeah. think he's, he has a lot of gravity. He hasn't shot the ball incredibly well this year, but I think teams really respect him as a shooter. I think they could utilize him a bit more and just like generally varying the offense a bit so that it's not as predictable and so that they have other items to go to when the first thing is taken away. Yeah, I mean, when I did, uh, we did New Year's resolutions. My my one of my main ones was getting Quentin Grimes ten shots a game, um, because it seems like when he usually gets those kind of shot attempts, the Knicks usually win. And you're right, there are, there are plenty of stretches where he's invisible, and you kind of forget he's out there if he wasn't for the fact that he's playing, you know, the other team's best guard probably. So yeah. I, I definitely agree using using Grimes more, getting him more involved with the offense. There are times where it almost looks like, and I saw it last night too, where it, when he got it going. It almost looks like the other players don't expect him to also stay aggressive because there were times where Randall was like demanding him to like give him the ball like immediately. And Grimes is kind of looking like, well, like I kind of got it going and like I can kind of take advantage of this. Like, can I just play? And Randall's just posted at that three point <laughs> line in the wing, like, give me the ball right now. And man, you know, Randall, does, like, Randall does that with Brunson sometimes. I'm like, are I know. you kidding me? <laughs> um, but this is just who he is, man. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I agree with that. And I think, look, I, I think Grimes went. You saw last night when they needed a little bit more juice for him on the bounce, like he had a bad turnover late. Um, yeah. Because he's not quite there yet as like a guy who can create off the dribble without the advantage created for him. So like when someone kicks out to him and someone's recovering, now he can blow by them. He does that very well. But like to create his own advantage, I think it's still a challenge, but I'd like to see him get more opportunities and even just like within the flow of the offense, like pivoting into a dribble handoff with him. Um, running a pin down screen for him just to get him a couple more shots and let him get. And I wonder if, cause I, I believe in his shot. I think he's a 40% three point shooter. 
I wonder if just like more consistent touches will get him there. Cause I think it's hard right now. Like he just sits there and sits there and sits there and waits for that one crazy one-handed sling pass from Randall to hit him in the hands. And he's got to make that shot. Cause that's his only opportunity. Right. I think a bit more flow for him would go a long way. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Sorry. I lost audio. Give me one second. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I was wondering my, if my I... phone went off and of course it connected to my uh, AirPods. Give me one second. Uh, fix this. Okay. Are you hearing me now? Yep. Uh, I'll hear you now. Sorry. <laughs> my no alarm went off and then of course it set everything up. Um, sorry, we Jane, we could just pick it up from, uh, from, uh, from uh, where I guess, uh, uh, what is the last couple of words that there have been? I... I said, I agree with that on crimes. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'll just pick it up from there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things uh, where I think I hope the team kind of understands his value as, as a whole. I, I do quickly want to go through just kind of uh, where some things lie with this team. Um, Brunson and Randall had tremendous seasons, as we mentioned. Uh, Grimes, RJ Barrett, very up and down this season. Some plateauing, yes, in some of his progression, but he's had some good moments. Uh, Mitchell Robinson has established himself as one of the better bigs, particularly defensively and on the glass. Uh, what's been most surprising to you about this season so far from the team perspective? Yeah, I mean, we, we are, it would be the offense, but we've touched on that. Right. Already, so I'll try to think yeah. of something else. But, yeah, where their offense is is, is rather shocking to me. Um, <laughs> most surprising thing. Um, I would say it has to be Randall's bounce back. Mm. Uh, I, I think, you know, it, it's hard to talk about now because his last two games have been pretty rough and have yeah he's kind of gone back on some – bad old habits from last year that are hard to watch because i'm yeah i wanted to i wanted to send them out of town last year but um <laughs> same like a lot of people yeah but i think it's a major credit to him um the way he's changed his game the way he's allowed brunson to take the reins the way he's changed his shot diet the volume of three-point shooting even when it's not he's not making a ton but like he's taking them so often and he's ultimately he's around 33, 34%, whatever, but teams have to respect that he takes tough ones. And like some games, history point shooting just carries them when he gets, when he yeah. gets going, um, his offensive rebounding in his own right. Uh, he's been much more aggressive on the glass this season. He's finding ways to help them win. And until the last couple of games and last night was really bad. His defense has been a big, uh, has improved a ton and they've allowed him to switch more liberally, which I always was calling for. Cause I think he's pretty good at that. And he's generally been more aggressive and better than he ever was in drop, which he's terrible in. Um, last night yep. was bad. Fox blew by him any time, and Monk, Monk went off on him in the first half. I just didn't think he was in position. I don't know if he's just exhausted. I don't know if he's um, unfocused for whatever reason right now. But he's got to kind of just he's got to channel it back because what he was doing prior to that during the win streak was extremely impressive on switches. Yeah. So like. You know, I've we've read articles where like he's definitely changed his mindset and he's more focused and he and he's trying to clear his head of distractions and he's he deserves so much credit for that because what went on last year I thought was irredeemable and he's redeemed himself. So I, I think that has to be the most surprising thing and it's it's frankly allowed them to make this kind of leap this year. Yeah, Randall, uh, we 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 mentioned. I mean, I, he went from a guy that me and Tommy were talking about. Hey, man sell high on him um and now to the point where you're like hey i guess he's kind of just part of the team now because the way he's played you kind of can't just give him away unless you're, you're getting maybe a star back at this point so 
I agree. Randall has been a, a big surprise this year. Uh, we're running quickly out of time here, but how much, how sustainable do you feel like the production from Randall and Brunson, assuming he's healthy? How sustainable do you think that is come playoff time? It's a great question. You're, you're talking about playing against teams like Cleveland in that first round, potentially. Yeah. Um, most likely, really. Um, you know, we know what Evan Mobley is defensively. They don't necessarily got great guards defensively, though. I assume. No, but um, they play hard. They play hard now, and they, they both improved. Hard. Garland and Mitchell have both improved on the perimeter, but they're small. Um, yeah. I have no questions about Brunson. Zero. Mm. And like the only question I have about Brunson is whether teams are going to force him to move to get rid of the ball, which I think is likely. Yeah. And they're going to make Randall beat them. I think if you let Jalen Brunson play pick and roll in one on one isolation, especially against small guards like that, um, you're gonna you're gonna score a lot of points. I think he's that good. I just think he's that good. I mean, you saw it you saw it last year in the playoffs, right? When yeah. when when Luca was out, like he's proven that he can do this, and I have zero doubts. He's just an elite shot maker. He just is, um, yeah. and everyone needs to just accept that because it is it just is who he is. Randall, I I have look, I still. He's winning me back. And I, I even throughout the good stretches this year, like when Macri had me on, I'm like, I, he can't, I'm not one over just because there's still the decision-making issues. And there's still, like I said last night, he's on delay. He's on three second delay sometimes. Yeah. In terms of like, he just doesn't process what's happening in front of him quickly enough to maintain the advantage, make the right play. And I wonder how that translates to a playoff team. And I wonder how that translates. Let's say he becomes the third best player. Cause I think ultimately if this team wants to get where it wants to get to, it's going to need someone, another player better than him. How does he look as a complimentary third piece? And like, can he be in that role and be that effective? Uh, those are, I think real questions about Randall that I still do have. And it does when I'm really thinking deeply about it, like, do I think he's the long-term solution at power forward for this championship team with Jalen Brunson on it? I don't know the answer right now. I'm not positive that that's the case. Um, I don't really trust him. I think he's going to have to prove it to us in the playoffs because the difference between now and Atlanta is that he has Brunson. The defense is going to be more attentive to Brunson than to him. So he's going to be playing with a bit more space and he just needs to take advantage of that. And if they do force the ball out of Brunson's hands, he's got to be the guy to make, make defenses pay. We'll see if he can do it. I think, I think he can, but I think he's got to prove it to us. I think a lot. I think a lot of McFans will agree with that, considering what he did last season and what they saw in that Atlanta series. Um, last thing, real quickly, ceiling for this team. Like it's been, it's been a lot of the conversation during the nine-game winning streak. Uh, maybe people tempered their expectations. Some people maybe who jumped out of the window or trying to climb back into the window and they're upset after what happened. Uh, the Kings and the Hornets game. Ceiling for this team for for a playoff run. Is it Eastern Conference Finals? Is it first round? Is it semifinals? Like, wh- where do you see in terms of ceiling? Not necessarily your pick, but just what do you think this team can go given how well they played throughout the season? Personally, think second round is the ceiling. Okay. Um, I don't see them beating the, the big three, as it were. Um, I think Cleveland is the right matchup. I think there are things I really like about that matchup if they get there and they have to get there. Um, They have to stay in this five seed. It's really important that they stay in the five seed uh, because I think it's the best matchup by far against the least experienced team by far um, of the, of the top four. Um, I don't know if who I would pick in that series. I think I might lean Cleveland if I'm being totally objective about it, but the Knicks have a real shot in that series. I, I don't think there's I don't think they're quite at the level yet of the Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and um, and Boston tier in the, in a seven game series. But I think they'll give everybody some games. Like I don't think they're getting swept. 
Yeah. Like what we spoke about before, like they're just not built that way. Like they're going, every game is going to be a game. They're not getting blown off the floor, anybody's floor. Um, but it's just a matter of like the easy points that those teams can generate through their stars that I think over a seven game series, just the Knicks are going to have to work a lot harder for their points than, than those guys are for, just for the star power um, yeah. reasons. But I, I think the legitimate ceiling is the second round. Some might think the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not quite there, but I don't think it's unfair to say that the way they played over the last couple months. Where are you? Yeah. I, so I've been on the – I've been recently, as a reason, after that, during the 9 win streak, I thought Eastern Conference Finals. I thought, to me, Boston became a team that – I'm not saying they would beat, but no longer a team that I feel like they have no chance against. Like, if you would have asked okay. me three weeks ago, I would have said no chance against – well. If you asked me about four weeks ago, I would say no chance against Philly, no chance against Boston, no chance against uh, uh, Milwaukee. Then I saw those two Philly games and said, I think they have a chance against Philly. Then I see the two Boston games and I say, okay, I think they have a chance against Boston. So to me, those are the teams you would potentially face in a second round. So if they see those teams, I say, I think they have a shot. They're not going to beat them in anything less than seven, but I think they will have a chance. I don't think they could beat Milwaukee. I think that that is where the buck stops, no pun intended. I think that Milwaukee... Uh, they were not going to be as affected by the Knicks' physicality and their size down low. And that would be a big factor. I think the fact that you have Brooke Lopez patrolling the paint, uh, Randall and Brunson's abilities to get whatever they want around the basket, I think would dissipate greatly. And then, of course, Giannis is out there as well. That's a terrible matchup. But I, I do feel like the Knicks have shown that they just look comfortable against the Celtics. Like they don't, it's like sometimes you get those teams that just don't fear another team. And I know that's kind of like getting to narrative talk, but I just feel like when I watch. RJ up against Jalen Jason Tatum. He just feels comfortable. Um, when I watch the way Brunson and Randall play against those guys, they don't look like they feel like they're inferior. Uh, a lot of times half the battle is you believing you could beat these teams. Yeah. I think yeah. the Knicks would feel like they could beat the, the Celtics in the Sixers deal. With Doc Rivers coaching the playoff series, <laughs> I'm always gonna be I picked them to go to the finals. I picked them to win the championship this year. Doc and, I'm and still James saying yeah, Doc and James Harden, the guy who, mm. when he plays a seven-game series, having you seen now every pattern he has, that every move he's going to do, and everything they're going to run offensively, I see him look like a pitcher that's going on that third start of a seven-game series. And that's what he looks like to me every time I watch him in the playoffs. So for that reason, I, and I think that if you're talking about teams equipped to guard Joel Embiid or at least not get destroyed, I think Nick's one of the teams that would say, okay, they have a fighting chance with Mitch and Harden sign. So that's why I, I would say uh, ceiling – Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's fair, and I and I we'll see we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I I maybe am too slow to like accept that this team is like really an upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, and maybe they have been playing that way. So I think it's very fair um, to go there. I, I'm just I'm I mentally not quite there yet. I also think that you know in the discourse, I think Cleveland's been a bit underrated in our rush to supplant them as the four seed and just like thinking about that matchup ahead, which may hopefully will happen. Um, that team, like in terms of net rating is one or two in the league. They're, they're better yeah. than, than I mean, they've legitimately been in some, you know, if you're looking at the metrics, the best team in basketball is according to some metrics. So like their defense has been elite, elite, elite. Their offense has been top 10. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a proven playoff performer. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I don't think, I think, Knicks fans should not take that series for granted. I'm not saying you can't say they can win that series because I think they can. I'm just I think Cleveland's really good and we we should uh, at least at least have the proper respect for that team. They are very good, so we'll yeah, see. They, like I'm just hoping it gets there. I would love to see that. Whether you know if the Knicks can stay five, so that we're going in with like really feeling like we're at least 
we have a real, real shot at this. Uh, that would be so cool. That would be so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I know. The Atlanta series thought Nick Saints anything is that they definitely not get the first round. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a lot of good, t- lot of good teams out there. A lot of good players out there.